Good morning, and welcome to Simply Space. It's Wednesday, January 24th. On today's show, Sierra Space unveils a full-scale prototype of an expandable space station structure, while the Webb Space Telescope reveals a massive star-forming complex. Plus, China is testing 16-nanometer chips in space, while NASA sticks to a 250-meter process. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Space. We start off with a significant development for space habitats. A full-scale unit has impressively reached 77 PSI in the Ultimate Burst Pressure UBP, test, exceeding NASA's recommended safety level by 27%. This structure, which is over 20 feet tall and has a volume of 300 Me3, highlights the potential of expandable space habitats. Here with us to discuss this further is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about this achievement? Certainly, David. This achievement is a testament to Sierra Space's leadership in microgravity research. The company's inflatable space station technology offers the largest in-space pressured volume, the best unit economics per on-orbit volume, and the lowest launch and total operating costs. The Life Habitat's design is compact, allowing it to be packed inside a standard 5-meter rocket fairing, yet it inflates to the size of a three-story building in orbit. Its modular nature means that just three launches could create a space larger than the entire International Space Station. That's quite impressive. What are Sierra Space's plans for the coming year? 2024 is set to be a year of aggressive testing for Sierra Space. They plan to conduct a series of UBP tests at both sub and full scale, focusing on the development of the primary atmospheric barrier and micrometeoroid orbital debris layers. These tests are crucial for ensuring the safety and durability of the habitat in the challenging conditions of space. And what can you tell us about the materials used in the construction of the life habitat? A key element of the life habitat is its pressure shell, or restraint layer, comprised of Vectran straps and high-strength fabric materials. Vectran, known for its strength and durability, particularly in aerospace applications, contributes significantly to the habitat's robustness. This material has been thoroughly tested by Sierra Space and ILC Dover at various scales, ensuring its performance in space. And where was this test conducted? This test, supported by NASA via a Reimbursable Space Act agreement, was conducted in Huntsville, Alabama, adjacent to the historic Saturn 11B test stand. That was Simply Space reporter Abby. Thanks so much for being here. Now, let's shift our gaze to the James Webb Space Telescope, which has given us a glimpse into the inner workings of N79, a significant star-forming region in the Large Magellanic Cloud. This region is known for its efficiency and chemical uniqueness compared to the Milky Way. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about this discovery? Certainly, David. N79 is a massive star-forming complex spanning about 1,630 light years, located in the largely unexplored southwest region of the Large Magellanic Cloud. It's often seen as a younger version of 30 Doradus, also known as the Tarantula Nebula. Interestingly, research suggests that N79 has a star formation efficiency that exceeds that of 30 Doradus by a factor of two over the past 500,000 years. That's fascinating. And what about the image captured by the James Webb Space Telescope? 
The image centers on one of the three giant molecular cloud complexes in N79, known as N79 South. The distinct starburst pattern surrounding this bright object is a series of diffraction spikes, an artifact that arises from the design of the telescope. In Webb's case, the six largest starburst spikes appear due to the hexagonal symmetry of Webb's 18 primary mirror segments. And how does the mid-infrared instrument, or MIRI, contribute to these observations? MIRI captures longer wavelengths of light, revealing the glowing gas and dust in N79. This is because mid-infrared light can reveal what's happening deeper inside the clouds, while shorter wavelengths of light would be absorbed or scattered by dust grains in the nebula. Some still-embedded protostars also appear in this field. Why are star-forming regions like N79 of particular interest to astronomers? Star-forming regions like N79 are chemically similar to the gigantic star-forming regions observed when the universe was only a few billion years old and star formation was at its peak. Star-forming regions in our Milky Way galaxy are not producing stars at the same furious rate as N79 and have a different chemical composition. Webb is now providing astronomers the opportunity to compare and contrast observations of star formation in N79 with the telescope's deep observations of distant galaxies in the early universe. What does this mean for our understanding of the evolution of circumstellar disks and envelopes of forming stars? These observations of N79 are part of a Webb program that is studying the evolution of the circumstellar disks and envelopes of forming stars over a wide range in mass and at different evolutionary stages. Web sensitivity will enable scientists to detect for the first time the planet-forming dust disks around stars of similar mass to that of our sun at the distance of the LMC. That was Simply Space reporter Bella shedding light on the latest findings from the James Webb Space Telescope. Now, let's shift our focus from the telescope to China's ambitious space program. China is taking its chip war to space, using its Tiangong space station to test processors and gain a technological edge. This large-scale chip testing in orbit is seen as crucial for China's space ambitions. Interestingly, China now believes its biggest competition comes not from NASA, but from private space companies like SpaceX. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent for Simply Space, Michael. So what can you tell us about these new high-performance chips being tested in space? Well, David, over 20 new high-performance chips spanning the 28 to 16 nanometer process range have already passed testing. These chips are significantly more advanced than those used by other countries in space. For instance, NASA currently uses chips based on 30-year-old technology. The RAD 750 processor used in the James Webb Space Telescope launched in 2021 was manufactured using 250 nanometer technology and has a clock frequency of only 118 megahertz, a fraction of that of a typical smartphone chip. That's quite a leap in technology. What does this large-scale chip testing in orbit entail? It's a massive and challenging task, David. During routine supply missions to the space station, a large number of new chips for civilian or military use are taken into space. They are installed on the outside of the space station by astronauts for rigorous radiation testing. These chips run various software programs and the data generated can be sent back to Earth through the space station's powerful communication system. If needed, these chips can be returned to Earth with astronauts for further in-depth testing. 
And how does this benefit China's space ambitions? This large-scale testing can rapidly improve the technology and cut research and development costs of China's space-grade chips. It's a benefit of having a completely self-built space station. While the International Space Station can conduct similar experiments, its rules stipulate that all participating countries have the right to know detailed information about all payloads sent to the ISS, which could be problematic when chip testing involves national security and technical secrets. What are the challenges that China faces in this endeavor? As the number of transistors on chips increases, they become more vulnerable to attacks from cosmic high-energy particles. This phenomenon, known as a single-event upset, can affect the accuracy of computing and information storage. Occasionally, a rogue high-energy particle breaches multiple layers of defense, striking a transistor at an unforeseen angle. This poses a daunting task for chip designers. Large-scale testing on the space station would help China develop advanced protection technologies. That's quite fascinating. Thanks to our Simply Space reporter, Michael, for shedding light on China's ambitious space chip testing program. Now let's shift our gaze to Sierra Space, who has announced a significant milestone in its journey towards building a commercial outpost in low Earth orbit. The company has successfully demonstrated in a ground test that its full-scale inflatable habitat for a future space station can meet NASA's recommended safety standards. Here to delve deeper into this development is our correspondent. Can you tell us more about this test and its significance? Certainly, David. The test was conducted at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama in December. Sierra Space's 300 cubic meter inflatable structure was subjected to pressure five times greater than what it would need to handle in space. The structure burst at 77 PSI, exceeding NASA's recommended safety standard of 60.8 PSI. This is a significant achievement as it demonstrates the robustness of the inflatable habitat technology that Sierra Space is developing in collaboration with ILC Dover. Sierra Space is known for developing the Dream Chaser space plane, but they also manufacture satellites. How does this test fit into their broader ambitions in space? Sierra Space is one of several companies aiming to build a new commercial space station to replace the International Space Station. This successful test is a crucial step towards that goal. In fact, Sierra Space is partnering with Blue Origin on a commercial space station concept called Orbital Reef. If realized, Orbital Reef could serve as a hub for research, manufacturing, tourism, and other applications in low Earth orbit. Interesting. And how does Sierra Space's inflatable technology compare to others in the field? Sierra Space's inflatable technology is similar to the work performed by Bigelow Aerospace, which pioneered inflatable habitat technology for over 20 years before laying off its entire workforce in 2020. Bigelow's design centered on a 330 cubic meter inflatable habitat, while Sierra Space's design is slightly smaller in volume. Sean Buckley, who worked on Bigelow's inflatable habitat technology for over 10 years and is now overseeing Sierra Space's space station work, said that this is the largest full-scale habitat that has been publicly announced in this architecture being tested. That's quite an achievement. This successful test certainly brings us a step closer to the reality of commercial space stations. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. And with that, we conclude our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Space. We'll see you back here tomorrow.